Plot twists. We are obsessed with them. In film, life, and love, they turn up everywhere. It's that moment in a story that takes you in an unexpected direction. I'm Tom, super fan of cinema, sport, comedy, and I'm part of the odd impression. And throughout this series, brought to you by Now and Sky, I'll be interviewing TV and film stars, asking them all about the plot twist moments that define their lives and careers. So expect the unexpected, and hopefully some behind-the-scenes gems you've never heard before. Expect spoilers. Right, I've got a brilliant pub quiz question for you. What ties together John Wick for Game of Thrones, Harry Potter, and The Mandalorian? I tell you what, if you can get that, kudos to you, my friend. It is our guest this week, Natalia Tenner. I was so excited to speak to her. She starred in all those brilliant franchises. Nymphadora Tonks, The Purple Hair, Harry Potter. Osha the Wildling in Game of Thrones, protecting Rickon and Brandon Stark. And most recently, Katia Yohanovic in John Wick 4. She doesn't disappoint. I watched it in the cinema last week. It is immense. I think it's one of those films you need to watch in the cinema. The cinematography, the sound effects, it's stunning. And of course, it's Keanu Reeves. He's a divine human being. Just go and see the man. He is brilliant. Again, it might just be the best in the franchise. Um, I know a few people have been saying that. I'd be inclined to agree. But it's not just the big franchises that Natalia Tanner has starred in. She's also been in Black Mirror. She played Rebecca Vardy last year in Vardy versus Rooney, which was a popular series uh, on Channel 4. She's doing so much. And on top of that, she's a musician, lead singer of Molotov Jukebox, the sort of music that anyone can have a boogie to, honestly. So she is so talented, doing so much. I had the chance to catch up with her earlier this week. She'd just come back from LA, so really grateful to have the chance to speak with her. She's a hoot. So let's get to it. Natalia Tenner on Plot Twist. Natalia, I had the best intro for this podcast. Okay, go. But I, I can't do it, which is really annoying. Why? I made an order last night for an Infodora wand. <laughs> which is on its way to my house. So you're going to get it tomorrow? It's just No, you're... I'm going to get it later today. Because oh. I like l literally left at the last possible second. Did so so you get that... the one with the, the light on the end that can... Oh, no. There's one that's a light on the end that I think you can use in the gaming world as well. So I think you can get people's wands and you can use it while gaming now, I think. Wow. That's yeah. the impression I got. So I'll get it later. Yeah. So it will be a memento of this conversation. <laughs> could have signed it for you. I know. We could have posed with it. Yeah. I was going to like... For want of a better phrase, whack out the wand. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then you'd be like, oh my God, look at the, the effort this guy's gone to. Yeah. And then you would have got 10 points and. 10 points yeah. for Gryffindor and. Yeah. Yeah. But alas, I'm just going to say hello. I loved, I mean, I loved, I got to pick my wand. Did you know that? They gave, they oh, gave, really? yeah, they allowed all the actors to kind of, they gave you like three and I was like, that one. Kind of felt like the sexiest one. It kind of fit really well around my hand. I was like, that one. Well, it would be, you know, it'd be a nice memento for today. Yeah. But yeah. It's like, come on, like, come on. Anyway, didn't didn't arrive. But yeah, lovely to have you on. Thrilled. Oh, Congratulations on John Wick 4. Watched <laughs> on Friday. Did you like it? Oh, my gosh. I, I, I went alone and I needed some, right? I needed uh, to talk to somebody afterwards because there were so many sequences and moments mm -hmm. where I was like cinematography, just everything about it. I just wanted to, I needed to chat to There's a drone yeah. sequence that for me was just like... Over the rooms? Oh, and, yeah. and all the action and you're like... Ha. Yeah. And the, the, the Paris scene, which I 
obviously I don't know people who are listening uh, if you haven't seen it, but I uh, don't want to give too much away. But there's a car sequence with the Alps Triumph and yeah, all of that. Yeah. And I was like, how I asked the director like, did that take? A, I mean, how long did that take? Yeah. And it actually, it took two weeks. He yeah. he prepped it for five months and then Chad shot all of that in two weeks. And I was pretty impressed with that. That's, That's incredible. Yeah. And Keanu is just stamina. I know, dude. How are you doing all of this? Still, like all four, like it's like. <laughs> yeah. He looks great, but the man's fifty-eight, you know, and he's just. Oh, really? Just going through it. Doesn't like, look it. Smashing oh. up. Yeah, he's a he's a different specimen, mm-hmm. that guy. We've got to talk about. I mean, there's so many questions. Yeah, yeah, that's about okay, that. yeah, that's we'll, right. we'll get to that. I'm already getting excited. <laughs> yep. Um, sometimes I like to start with a few random questions. Go for it. I thought I'd just chuck them out. You yeah, know, yeah. get to know each other a little bit, mm-hmm. and then we can get into the serious stuff with John Wick and your plot twist and so on. The first one, I mean, I say they're random, they're kind of tailored towards you a little bit. Okay. The first one is, what's the weirdest dream that you've ever had? The weirdest dream? Mm. Uh, well, when I was a kid, I mean, I've had many, many, many weird dreams, but I, but I, I, I seem to remember that there was a recurring one because I sleepwalk. Really? Um, yeah. N- like, the things that trigger it are jet lag. <laughs> <laughs> Which you've got now. Yeah, yeah but, but I'm home, though, so it's, it's got to be a combination of a few. So jet lag... Being in a in a in a hotel or a room a house I don't know. Not on the plane. No, not on the plane. <laughs> Luckily, I don't I don't freak people out on the plane. Liquor, mm. especially mezcal and uh, stress. So that literally is what happened That's quite when, when I got to LA, like on that side. So I did lock the door because that can happen. But I remember that when I was little, the, the dream that seemed to happen that triggered it, it was a kind of nightmare. Was there'd be a scarecrow at like dusk in a field. And it had red eyes, and it was like panning into it, um, and that that would be a dream that when I was a kid I'd wake up sometimes by my parents' bed, and my mum would be like, "What are you doing?" So that pretty scary. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Really, really weird. Yeah, dreams are fascinating. Though. Yeah, like and also how our moods kind of like, impact us. Like mm-hmm. Stress, you know, this yeah, time, like running through water, you feel like you're yeah, or, doing fall, that. or falling, or falling, and waking yeah. up. Or yeah. I've had it when I've when I've had breakups. Like I feel like I've had like plagues of things in my dreams, like rats. Eating my house. Yeah. That's another one I've had. Yeah. These are kind of not weird. They're kind of nightmares. Sorry. That yeah, wasn't even I mean, the question. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> well, part of the reason why I ask is because I think in the lead up to Harry Potter, you were saying you had quite vivid dreams, almost like with yes. sticks and... Yeah. Yeah. No, I remember um, when I found out I got the job, I was in Dublin and I got the dart uh, to, to the sea. I think we had the whole day off. I think it was a Friday. It was like towards the end of the, the run there that I was doing a play. And the night before I had this dream and I was like, I don't know why I woke up the next day. I was like... I think I'm going to get a call from that job and I think I've got it. I remember being by the sea, like eating these fish and chips uh, before going back to do my warm up to, to do the play. And that's when I got the call. And I was like, and it was one of those, one moments, of those moments where I was like, yeah. I was like, what? Like, how did I, you know, but yeah, it was uh, manifesting, it was manifesting it, it before it became beach. a popular phrase. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. You said you just come back from America, yes. promoting out there with John Wick. And you were watching a bit of TV out there, just trying to stay awake, you were saying, last night. And oh, what was that? What was that? What are you watching? Uh, last night, I actually really wanted... I'm listening to a podcast at the moment. Do you know Noisy? It's like short history of stuff. Okay. And um, they had one on Agatha Christie that I... I mean, I love her. I've been obsessed with Agatha Christie since I was like eight. I don't know why she went missing for 11 days. Well, that's exactly what... The, that's uh, that's exactly <laughs> what the podcast is about. I, I think... I haven't got all the way through with it yet, but essentially her, her fella, her husband, was trying to divorce her, and I think she had a bit of a breakdown and was just like, I'm going to disappear. Um, we all need that. We all need just, yeah, 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 just like, I'm out. Me time. Yeah. yeah, and he was like, you know, hooking up with like a woman 10 years younger than her, you know, just like not nice. So I think she just kind of left. So yesterday I was watching, I did a double bill of the new horrors with Kenneth Branagh, who I absolutely adore. Nice. Uh, so Murder on the Express and Death on Mile. Nice. 
Chad Stahelski. Am I saying it right? Stahelski? I, I, I think so. Let's go with that. Let's go with Let's that. Go th- Chad Stahelski, director of John Wick, the entire series. Um, he said he had a poster of you on his wall. Mm. Is that correct? No, he had. Well, so what he had is the first meeting I had, he had all the spotlight pictures of, of oh, people okay. and when, when he did the meeting with me like he was just like look can you see and I was like yeah I, I by the way I didn't know whether this was a meeting or audition I didn't really understand what this was he's so, oh, he's such an amazing man he's so wonderful and he's like that's you I, I put p- pictures up of people I like and I'm gonna put them in a film and I was like wow that's that's a really uh, that's great approach problem. thank you yeah. and yeah and he told me through this character and I didn't really know whether whether, you know, I then had to th- then audition maybe in a month's mm. time, or I did, but I didn't. He just kind of was like, yeah, it's, it's yours. And I kind of got the gist of that like a month later. And I was like, oh, OK, I'm, I'm doing this. That's a massive compliment. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But also he kind of, he. I mean, I said yes to it without, I didn't read the script. I hadn't read the script yet. You don't really need to, and, right? and I was like, look, I'm playing a matriarch of the underworld, Berlin, who is John Wick's family member. I'm, like, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in. Yeah, 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 she's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I interpreted that like you had a poster of you. No, that. <laughs> I was like, wow, that's okay, fair okay, enough. Yeah, yeah. My question was, who did you have a poster in, in your room growing up? Was there a. Oh. Um, my naive assumption has led us down this route. I think I had more like weird art pick postcards and like maybe CD covers of stuff, but I didn't really. I don't think I had like movie stars or. I had a rocky one, I think. Oh, you know. Yeah. Oh, actually, I watched Creed yeah. and Creed Two on the plane. Oh, did you? <laughs> yeah, love it. Love it. Love it. Get the music oh. going. Just gets mm-hmm. you pumped up. Yeah, tomorrow Monday. I cried. Again. I think that was like that kind of. Uh, it's in got that emotional time vibes or... to it. Yeah, that first yeah. one. I was like just weeping. Yeah. I was like, oh, gosh, get grip, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> on the plane, just like being hysterical. Let me. Um, let's go to the first plot twist question for you then. Okay. Plot twist moments can happen any time in our lives, and they can change our story, our narrative. Mm-hmm. What do you think has been the most impactful? plot twist for you so far? Do you have a more specific question? Because <laughs> there's so many. There's some that are in love, about love. There's some about where you live. There's some about work. Let's start. I take, We'll go to love, but let's start with career. Okay, career. I mean, I suppose the first one is the most important because it kind of... About a boy? Uh, yeah, the, the one that kind of makes you... The domino effect of everything yeah, yeah. then yeah, from yeah. that. Yeah. So, yeah, because I was, I was just at school. That, that audition that I got was... I was at Beadles, and I, you know, what they did is when you were punished for something, it was a boarding school. Then you weren't allowed out on the weekends. Uh, so I was. Is that Petersfield. Yeah, li- yeah. yeah. Oh, it's such a random town. <laughs> and um, uh, and I was in every weekend because I'm, you know, I was already addicted to smoking, like fourteen. And I was about fifteen, sixteen. Then I was in. I just, and it was such a dumb rule because when you were being punished on the weekend, you then had to sign in every hour. But it, didn't mean, it meant you didn't really have to do anything. So it was the perfect smoking time. It's like, okay, so I'll go for a 15-minute walk, have a cigarette, walk another... And, and it was just such a stupid rule. But if you got caught while being busted on the weekend, that could result in a suspension. And two, three suspensions meant you were expelled. So I was already my second suspension. You're treading that line. I was treading that line. Like, come out of a bush. <laughs> and our drama teacher saw me and was like... I, he really liked me. And I was like, please don't. Please just don't don't want me. I'm in so much trouble. He's like, it's fine, it's fine. I'm I'm going home. I don't care. And I think by this stage, I was just about to be 16. It's like this girl, you know, it's like legal smoking age anyway. And he's like, look, can you go into the drama barn and just just go in the barn? I was like, okay, what am I doing? He's like, just go in the barn. And I was like, okay. And I go in. There's a room full of 10 year old boys, and me at like 15, 16 with like disgusting lice ridden dreads and piercings and like thinking I was. 
an idiot. I was an idiot. And um, I didn't realise that was my first audition. So I suppose that was my first plot twist of like this... This, this you need those kind of figures, don't you? Yeah. Just, just generally guide you in that, yeah. that direction. And then I got that job and then it was kind of, then it that, that started the, you know. Uh, was acting a passion at that point or was it kind of just something you stumbled upon? No, I mean, I loved it at school. I mm. loved being in plays and stuff, but I didn't think it was a real job for someone like me. Like, I was like, it's only for like really, really fit people. And, you know, I mean, I was chubby with lice. It's like, that's not going to happen. <laughs> I was. Were I wanted. To, I wanted to be like a psychologist. That was more my okay. my thing. Interesting. I love the phrase "dob on me." Yeah, yeah it's, all... <laughs> it's such a school. Yeah, it is, isn't it? <laughs> Don't dob on me, please, yeah. please, sir. Um, since you mentioned it, you mentioned love. What would be a sort of plot twist with love? Oh, I suppose. I, let's start with the first of everything. It's just easier. Yeah, so yeah, the, yeah. the the first guy I fell in love with, I actually met. You know, your first love, which is always very intense. I actually met at a drama school audition for. You know, the what, I think it was Guildhall. Mm. So I didn't, I didn't want to apply for any of that. But all my mates were like, "No, nah, just, just do it." Because I was like, "Look, I've got a scholarship to go to Australia to do psychology and theology and philosophy. That's what I want to do." Oh, you had some options. Mm, yeah, yeah. Wow. I'm not like that. But 18, I was like, "That's what I want to do." Mm. But they were like, "Just give it a go." So I did, and this guy walked in, and it's like, because it wasn't even Last of Us. I do believe that was Love of Us because I was just like, I felt like he had everything that I lacked as a person. That's the only way I can describe it. And obviously that was around May. It was like the recall. I was at the recall. And by the time we kind of got together and I was in love with him, I then would have had to leave in February because that's when courses start in Australia. Mm-hmm. And there was no... By then I was too far gone. I was like, there is... Wild horses are not going to drag me onto that plane. And, and I, I actually went into my best mate. We were going to go together and get a caravan, live in Perth. And I took Dreamy. him... Yeah, and like mm-hmm. do, do our... We were both actually, I think, uh, were doing the similar... We're going to do the same degree. And, you know, I took him to the plane. I was crying, like, what am I doing? This is the dumbest thing ever. You know, my mum always taught me, don't change your entire life for a man. And, I, and at, that, at that time, I had no job. I was busking on the tube. I had nothing. And I turned down this opportunity. And then a week later, that's when I got the lead in a play. And that also kind of... Kick-started that Kick-started that yeah, as well. Yeah. But, yeah, he, you know, if I hadn't met him, I probably would have been a psychologist in Australia by now. That first love is like pretty intense, it's right? It's so intense. I remember Just. a conversation with my mum getting emotional. Like, you don't understand. <laughs> yes. And I look back, it's I'm like, what a bell end. Consu- no, but it is. It's all consuming because your heart is never, it's yeah. like a muscle that's never yeah. kind of worked that way. And when, you know, and the, the, the fallout is what is absolutely Chemistry. terrible. Oh, <laughs> oh. Yeah. yeah. Did not go. Yeah. And, quite and, 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 <laughs> no, no, we were together for two years. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah. No, it ended badly and it was awful. Yeah, that first heartbreak is absolutely awful, isn't it? So had you done About a Boy? Yeah, so I'd done About a Boy when I was 16. 15, 16, I was still at school. And then I had two years at school. And I remember my agent at the time, I got an agent through one of my older schoolmates, actually, whose sister works uh, as a literary agent. And I did not trust agents. I was that kind of age where I was like... She wanted to meet me. You're, all, you're wary of people at 15, yeah, 16. So yeah. Like, yeah, and especially adults, just in general. And she put me in her office and was like, I want to be your agent. I was like, I don't trust you. Don't you guys just take money from people? And she was like, that's absolutely not how it works. I'm here to help you get jobs. And she explained it to me and she signed me up. And then for two years, I think she was trying to get me jobs and do stuff. And I was like, no, unless it's a lead. Mm. I can't believe I said this shit. <laughs> unless it's a lead in a film, I'm going to do my A-levels and I'm going to be at school. Because like that... I just didn't, like I said, I just didn't realise it was I mean, a real... I that's kind of smart. Backup, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was a backup because I yeah. just didn't, I didn't, I could see that just because you're just in one film doesn't mean mm. you're going to do anything with acting. I could already mm. sense by then that I was yeah, like... Yeah, the arrogance. Yeah, I know, the arrogance <laughs> and also just like, I've got to have plan B in life. Yeah. Being, you know, that that's kind of where I was at that age. Yeah, that's fair enough. 
What about if we fast forward a few years then to HP, Harry Potter? Mm -hmm. So whereabouts were you at that point in terms of, you know, career-wise and what you were looking for? Was that... Because that, I mean, that was already a, a huge franchise at that point. Yeah. So from 19 to kind of 21 and a half, I just just boshed out all the players. That's what I was doing. Loads and loads of theatre and touring and mm. with very, like a company called Shared Experience and Knee High, who were very like physical theatre. And I feel like that was almost like me going to drama school because it's... You're going to uni. but Yeah, yeah. essentially, but yeah. getting paid for it as well. Yeah, nice. And learning on the job. Yeah. And I think I got the job around 21. Or 22-ish Harry Potter. That's when I kind of got that big kind of... Pfft. What was your reaction? That must have been... Yeah, it was It was really big. Uh, I was just excited to get a job. I just get excited when I get any job. I'm like, yes, I'm not employed. <laughs> Woo! Um, and I, I love the idea of being a witch. Um, but... And she's another badass. Yeah, she's, she's great. The yeah. whole, the, the whole yeah. world is great. Yeah. yeah, I was excited. I think I kind of got the scale of how big it was when I went into the studio. Because before that, I didn't really understand like what it was and I, I, I just thought it was basically some kid films and actually I don't think they are I think they, they work for all ages mm. like I try and watch one around not one of my ones but at least one of them around Christmas so from one to four it's I watch you one. do right it's just yeah. got that Christmassy feel yeah, yeah, yeah. and I've got an amazing uh, friend of mine called Johnny Fury who's obsessed with you know, Harry Potter <laughs> and I always go to a house around that time and have some more wine and watch that's cute one like of them that. yeah it works yeah, yeah. What about the fandom for it? Because actually, not just Harry Potter, but a lot of Game of Thrones, mm -hmm. The Mandalorian recently, of course, like massive, massive franchises. Yeah. Like the fandom surrounding it. What What's that been like in terms of meeting fans? Because you've done quite a few Comic Cons and you've yeah, yeah, yeah. done in the summer, right? It's, whenever I go to Comic Con, the first half like day, mm. I find it very intense because I have to do the switch of like, it's fine, like... It's not about you at all. It's about the character and the world because it can feel quite intense. People going, oh, "I love you. You're amazing." It's like, ah. like yeah. I buy, you know, taking those kind of compliments makes me want to die in a hole. Yeah. But um, but then like you kind of get you just kind of get used to it and you get through it. But there, there's there's some amazing fans. You know, there's people that you realize like these books, whether it's Game of Thrones or or, or Harry Potter, especially, have have helped me through a bad time. And and they tell and some of the stories you're like. Phew. Literally, like it makes me tear up because it's like, wow, things that it does have such a message that for many people can help mm. them. I mean, basically, Harry Potter is about child abuse in many ways and death. And for a lot of people, it's f finding that you can find family in other ways. Yeah. What is sort of the most memorable? Because you've had some also pretty weird full on. I mean, people sent you like baby shoes. Yeah, baby clothes. That was baby clothes. Fucking bonkers. That's a bit. Yeah, yeah. Prisoners. Prisoners. I've had prisoners. Yeah. Luck, I, I, it's kind of gone down now. I think most people now, like Instagram, they, they, oh, okay. that's where you get stuff rather than those. It was obviously mail, a lot of mail. Do you still get that now? Not as much. No, hardly hardly anything comparatively. Because I, th I think now, because of Instagram, just going that to that level, yeah, yeah, you yeah. Get me people message you that way yeah, rather than like writing full-on letters. But yeah, um, I guess like when Harry Potter finished, Instagram was just starting, yeah. really, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But... There's a fan that I've got that is amazing who was at the John Wick, actually, and she, she pops up all the time, and she, she wrote me such a beautiful message, and it's like, oh, I can't believe this person thinks I'm this person, but at least I'm helping them, you know, inspiring them in some way, yeah. you know, whatever, that's, that's, that's amazing. It's kind of weird because it's like you, you, you don't know me. I'm, I'm, mm. I can, you know, I can be an arsehole like everyone else. We but, um, right. yeah, 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 but it's just whatever it is <clears> that I'm portraying and stuff helps them get through stuff. 
It's almost like a friend from afar in a way. Yeah, 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 completely. I mean, I guess <laughs> there's a point in which there's a line. Yeah, there's yeah, a line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, where it could go a little bit, a little bit too far. Let's talk about John Wick. So I watched it on Friday in the cinema. Mm-hmm. It's, I, I thoroughly encourage people to go to the cinema. I completely agree. I think it's, it's one, one of those, of those experiences. Yeah, yeah, that you need to immerse yourself. Hundred percent. Sound in the cinematography. Yeah, some of the scenes are just extraordinary. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Because I've watched it twice now. Actually, the first time I watched it, I actually found it quite tense because it was like a Thursday morning very early. And it was like, ah, what's that? That's a lot to take in on a Thursday it's a morning. Lot, it's a lot to take in. It's, I think it's much more an evening, like go to the cinema and watch it in the evening. Yeah. And then I would recommend everyone to watch it a second time mm. at home. Yeah. You know, if you've got a big, big screen, that's better. But whatever, on a laptop, just to, just to be able to really take in all the details. Because the first time you're just like, just being punched in the adrenal gland for like three hours. Like, <laughs> what is happening? And like... Colours and the sound, the soundtrack's amazing and all of it. So the second time when you watch it, you can actually take in like, wow, that fight scene is amazing and all the like all the shots that they do and the drones and blah blah blah. Yeah, there's Dogs. just so much of it where you're watching at the time. That scene with the drones above the, mm. the rooms where they're switching between rooms and having these fight scenes and it's it's one of those few occasions where you're like, how did they do this? How on earth did they manage to do all the sequences with the fighting and yeah. then switching rooms and oh, just. I mean, Chad is literally an incredible stunt coordinator and director yeah. so yeah and he has an amazing team who i think they you know i don't know how many of the people have been all the way through but he if, if he has collected new people they're always at such a high level of <laughs> stunts it's just talk to me about your character then she's uh she's a badass she's she's a matriarch of the underworld that's a good way of putting it. yeah that's the only way i can i can think of putting it she essentially her dad has died i won't go into too much either but she's now had to step up as the kind of alpha the apex predator, she, if you she's, will. She's aware of that, right, isn't she? Yeah. Because she's got to try and get everybody on board on mm-hmm. the team. And mm-hmm. So you kind of get that feel that she's almost looking around to make sure she's got that sort of... Power. That, that power and authority. Mm-hmm. Um, and the scene with John Wick himself, you mm-hmm. know, what was that? What was the first... I mean, I mean, I think you probably get asked all the time about how lovely he is and what yeah, this, yeah. this icon that he is. But actually being on set and that first scene yes. with him. Yeah. Talk to me about how that was. Well... I was a bit nervous about it because it was the first scene and also it's a, it was a room full of people. I was really hoping the first scene would be the one with just me and him getting branded or like another little bit. Oh, yeah, yeah, Just yeah. something else yeah. where, you know, I could just ease into it. But actually, it kind of... Event, actually, I think it did work out well because it was just a room full of people. And also, because it's Berlin, there's a lot of people that do actually speak Russian or understand it. And I was like, oh, don't fuck up, don't fuck up. Everyone's going to know. Everyone here can actually tell that, you know, if I'm doing a, a yeah, good job yeah. or not. And the guy... I think the priest guy that speaks to me, the Orthodox priest, he he was, you know, he could speak Russian, so I was a bit concerned. I kept going up to him, am I saying this right? It was a bit daunting, but actually it was quite helpful that he, you know, that the John Wick character is kind of in a very submissive position because it kind Mm. of made, it was like, okay. Gave you a bit of power, I suppose. Yeah, and I was like, okay, when I felt the nerves, I was like, breathe, no, no, breathe. You can't be nervous. You are the alpha in this room and you're in complete control of everyone and any moment you could tell any one of these people to hurt anyone else. And so that kind of, that mentality helped me <laughs> not have a panic attack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But also you were saying, Chad, the director, he kind of went, you got you to film sequences in one motion as opposed to dialing up and dialing down in between. It was like, be more aggressive in this, in yes. this take and then be yeah. a little bit more dialed yeah, down yeah, yeah. here. Yeah, and he kind of, he, he just, he felt like a, he made the space very safe. That's the only way I can describe it. Yeah, yeah. He just made it fun yeah. and... It felt like, you know, it is going to work. Obviously, it's very long hours, but he made it like 
play acting, which is, you know, kind of what it is. It's it's fun. And you've mm. got to kind of try and remember that, even though you're tired and nervous and don't want to let people down. It is just having fun. You should be having fun. And um, that's a quality in itself from a director's point of view. Yeah. And getting the cast to feel that way. A hundred percent. That's I remember I once worked with um years ago with a director that failed to do that and accidentally kind of he basically showed his frustration mm. at things not going right. And there was a kind of young actress and he didn't mean to do it on purpose. I just think he hadn't really was aware of it. So I did have to take him aside and be like, you also have to act on set mm. because yeah, you're, yeah, making yeah. Me, you're, you're making us feel very, very insecure. And so I understand that you can be very, very frustrated because we're not nailing it, but you can't let it show because yeah, it then yeah. freaks us out as actors. Yeah. You know, we, we, we can be little sensitive flowers. So, you know. Yeah, you all are, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but actually, Donnie Yen was saying, like, Chad has this quality of understanding different perspectives and even like it's his sort of his fight scenes and Asian culture within that mm-hmm. he had a real sort of understanding in terms of how he would do stuff he said it was one of the first times throughout his whole career where somebody understood his perspective yeah because he's done because he does stunts yeah and also in between takes like I think I, th- I actually am really happy that I was at the, the beginning of the filming because I think every, no one was tired yet everyone was feeling like, very excited about doing it they only I think they only had like a few days of day shoots. Everything that they shoot in John Wick usually is at night, which makes which everyone makes go crazy. Yeah. After a few months of not seeing really daylight and just yeah. doing nights yeah. and, and a lot of stuff in the rain and water and all that stuff, and a lot of physical stuff, um, it can be exhausting. Whereas I was just right at the beginning and I could feel everyone's excitement. And between every take, he just wanted to come, while, the, while things were getting moved and lighting could take a while, he just wanted to hang out with me and, and chat. And again, that makes you feel enveloped in, in warmth and just, you know, welcomed. Basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You mentioned about the sort of the Russian accent getting that right. Yeah, didn't you have like an accent coach on set? And no, out? not on set. We, I mean, remember this is like mid-COVID. It was twenty twenty one, and there was course, a, there yeah. was a resurgence. And we I had another spike. Yeah, yeah it was a, it was a horrible spike. And I I got the job, and then my agent Ram was like, Nat, do you have a Spanish passport? And I was like, I only have a Spanish passport. <laughs> I don't have a British one. I can't get one. And um, yeah, I had to go to Spain for ten days. So luckily, I have because otherwise, I wouldn't have been able to do the job. They weren't letting English people or English passport holders into Berlin at that time. So because I had a Spanish one, I had to go and spend wow. 10 days in Madrid. And luckily I've got family there and they, they, they were really safe. So I got to hang out a bit with my family, but mainly stayed in the hotel room and just chatted to this Russian dude who was amazing, who was the tutor that has been kind of guiding everyone doing all the Russian in the last few films. He was awesome. So he was basically the only person That's I saw so for 10 cool. days. Unfortunate. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But he really helped me and he was very, very sweet. And he recorded it a lot for me so I could just wander around Madrid and go for walks and just listen to this and look mental, just saying blah, 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 Russian. (laughs) It was great. That is pretty cool. You nailed it. It's just the the look, the persona, that scene opposite Keanu and then then the branding at the end. (laughs) Yeah, just, yeah. That would make an epic, like, movie poster. Actually, someone's done that. I've seen a few mock ups on Instagram of people doing that. Oh, really? Yeah, it's really sweet. That would be cool. Yeah. You must have had quite a few bits of fan art right over the years yeah and I think there's one that I've seen that I've seen actually a few of the actors get which is a kind of like tarot card playing card of all the characters and I'm one of them now so I'm like I don't know if that's an official thing or whether it's just a fandom thing that someone's done but they look great that's, that's amazing yeah. yeah people need to go and see this movie it is actually out of the four people have been saying it might be the best one and I think it might be you know I don't know I think which all is of, a quite an accomplishment given all of them have something the number before. And yeah but all of them have something because you know, we wouldn't be a number four if number one hadn't been so gripping and amazing. True, true. And, yeah. and you know, the whole start of, like, this, you know, him literally losing his shit because someone kills his dog and that's the only thing he has left of the person he loves. I mean, at retirement. And I can completely understand that feeling. Yeah. Like, I thought you were going to bring your dog today, weren't you? Yes, I was, but actually uh, they're with the, my Brazilian friends. I've got an amazing... <laughs> 
I've got is what I call the Brazilian embassy. I've got these all my close, some of my closest friends in the entire world are Brazilian, and they all live in one house, and they all kind Amazing. of kind of dog share the dog when I'm away. So yeah, I'm going to see them tonight, making them dinner. Tell us about the dog. This is uh, she is an amazing. <laughs> she's. I mean, I think. <laughs> Sometimes I think she's really dumb, but then I realise maybe there's like a flicker of intelligence because she does remember every Sainsbury's around London. Oh, I live on a boat, so I've moved around a lot around London. And she remembers every single Sainsbury's and freaks out because I obviously have to tie her up sometimes to go in and she remembers it. So somewhere she's got a good memory for fear. Flickers. Yeah, for, yeah, which is quite amazing considering how big London is and yeah. all the different Sainsbury's. Um, or maybe she's just really stubborn. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> she's just Because it's always like the ones where I've been and left her outside. She remembers them. And she's like, no, nope, don't like it. Tries to run away the other way. So she's got good memory for fear. She's a kind of pavement special breed. I don't know, like a lot of animals had sex to create whatever that is. And she's a kind of half chihuahua, half something, oh, half something else. And yeah, she's getting a bit chubby because when I leave her with the Brazilians, they always oh, give her all the treats. Oh, all yeah. the treats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got to talk to you about Game of Thrones, obviously. Yes. I feel like everyone, you must get every conversation, though, because they're such, like I said, big franchises. Everyone mm-hmm. wants to talk to you about those sort yeah. of things. So I'll ask you a plot twist person question. Okay. Before coming on to that. Person in your life that's maybe come out of nowhere, a surprise entity that has influenced you in some form. Is there somebody that, you mentioned a drama teacher, for example, you know, not dubbing you in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, he, he got me my first, essentially my first gig, my first audition. Right, you know, yeah. right. But are there people down the line that have sort of had a similar sort of influence? So in LA in 2017, I, um, I was doing a, a pilot season. I think her name's Rebecca. She's, a, she's like a massive cast director. She's amazing. And this woman, you know, I really did want to do a pilot in LA and we got it, but it was cancelled after six months, which can happen. It's, you know, some, some, pilot, like some series obviously can go on for years and years and years, mm-hmm. six years and plus. But this only lasted six months. And I was just, I was really amazed that she gave me a chance as a casting director because what tends to happen in LA, I, I really hope they start changing it. Actually, maybe it won't because we're now doing so many Zoom things. But I was doing all these recalls for, for different series in LA and their only notes would be like, were all physical visual notes. And I was like, so what, you're... It's, and I think it's because I was a woman, because I think as men, they would give you proper notes. But with me, it was all like, you need to have different makeup or a different outfit. And it's like, why does that matter? This is an audition. And this woman, realising that I wasn't quite nailing what, you know, these exec producers who are mm. mostly white men, you know, care about and old. And, you know, it's like a different generation. She got in a makeup artist and a wardrobe for the final audition. She was like, OK, I'm just going to help you. So she was pretty amazing, I think, as a person. But is that still happening now? That I you wouldn't no, get a script? That... No, no, it's not about scripts. It's about recalls. So you get like, you do first audition and then mm. you could do more and more and more with more people in the room. Oh, I beg your pardon. Right, okay. so it's like, it's, it's that. And it's like, you know, all the actors, the men actors that I talked to about this, they they would get notes. You know, you get a recall and it's like, yeah, we really liked it, but next time, remember this point about the character, you know, you kind of get more and more details about the character you're playing to mm. do a good audition. Mine were like, do exactly the same, but can you change this? And I was like... What? Like, it just felt very weird that my only notes were to change the way I looked for auditions rather than... That just seems really odd. Yeah, really odd. And like, that's never happened in England. Or maybe it does happen and I just don't, you know, we don't hear about it. But Maybe. Do you feel the industry has changed for, in a good sense over the years? I don't know. I mean, it's some. I suppose there are so many better shows that are being cast for women. There's better roles that I'm noticing coming in. Even in, in John Wick, though. Yeah, you yeah, felt yeah. Like you and Rena, for example, yeah. coming in as new characters. Yeah. You know, that's, yeah. that's such a positive... But also they're they're 
like I said, they are badass characters there. Yeah. yeah. I think you are seeing definitely more because, I mean, there's still the films now where you just get the token hot girl, 100%. But I, d I do see now that there are, you know, for different ages and different mm. looks and different everything, there's more stories coming in. Yeah, it's a positive thing. So Rebecca would be your sort of plot twist person. Rebecca. <laughs> Another plot twist that's very, very, uh, very important for me, very, very important, is meeting Carlos Marquez Marcet, who is a Catalan director. And I, I remember at the time, I, it was one of those summers, it was one of my favourite summers ever of work. I was in London and I did like uh, a film called Super Bob, followed by 10,000 Kilometres in Barcelona. And it was just this magical summer in my life. And meeting him, so I, we nearly, I nearly missed getting that job because... I'd read the script. He was in LA, and obviously the time difference is a problem. And mm -hmm. um, I remember on the Monday, my agent was like, "Okay, so we're gonna get you to call him at some point, blah blah blah, in the evening." And he wasn't ringing me. He wasn't ringing me any evening. And I was like, "I'm waiting for this director. I don't understand what's happening." And it's a Friday night, and it's my mate's birthday. And I'm like, "Okay, you know what? I was at the house. Everyone's having fun, and I'm like there, like having a cup of tea, waiting for this director." I was like, "You know what? Fuck it. It's, it's Friday night. No one is ringing me. I get like one day off." tomorrow from filming, I want to have fun tonight. So, you know, I'm having a few drinks, blah, blah, blah. And I ring my agent and I'm like, he hasn't rung me all week. And he, I think he was waiting for my agent to ring him. Oh, so man. he'd actually cancelled the film that morning. Obviously it was Friday, so it's morning for them. Yeah, yeah. He'd cancelled the film. I'd go into it and he's like, well, we can't get hold of this actress, you know, obviously not communicating with me. And when he finally got the call, he was just screaming with excitement. And that, I think it was a plot twist for both of us because... You know, because I'd had a few drinks, I was like, <laughs> I was like, look, I don't think this film should be in English. I don't think it's going to work. I think it should be in Spanish. You know, and he was like, done. And I think he was just like, like giving me some concessions. And then after that, I proceeded to tell him for two hours why it was a bad idea for him to give me the job. Don't know, I didn't, I just, you know, had like a moment of like, why have you picked me? A few bevies. Yeah, and I was like, this is an error. Yeah. And then I woke up a few hours later and I was like, what? Did I, do I have a job? And meeting him was an amazing, has had an amazing impact in my life. Him meant I got to meet my cinematic family who are all in Barcelona. I mean, they are amazing. Last Lord the other production team, um, all his crew. And I've worked with him twice now. And hopefully this year we're going to do a third film together. Oh, amazing. So I literally love this man. He's amazing. I love the way you said his name. Carlos Marquez Marcet. Oh, it's oh. like when Pedro Pascal says his name, like the full name and says <laughs> yeah, it really yeah. quickly. I can't repeat it, but I, I liked what you said. It felt, you know, it felt right. Yeah, in Spain we have double names and even longer. Like my full name, I don't even know my full name. Like my name, <laughs> it can just go on. So you, you always tag on like the woman's maiden name, I think, at the end. How, how, how does it just keep going on? So, well, you, everyone has ancestors, don't they? So you fucking just keep tagging on. Just keep yeah, 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 yeah. You can keep going. Yeah, they got to, yeah, got to recognize them. Yeah, right. They lived, you know. Yeah. They, you're here for a reason. Right? For listeners that don't know, both your parents are Spanish, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Both of them Spanish. But I was, I mean, I was born here. But I, I mean, every summer I would go to Spain. Mm. I mean, it was kind of different in those days because travel was really expensive. So my parents would just send me off in the summer, like three years old. I'd get you know you had those little passport holders, yeah, and they would take me, and I loved it. I you know didn't mind, I didn't miss them. I, I loved being in Spain. So I've always had a lot of connection in Spain, and I love working there. I'm going to be working there in the summer, actually. So what was the connection that brought them both here? I, I think they just needed to. I mean, bearing in mind, like Franco was still in power. It was you know essentially yeah, yeah, still yeah. a military fascist religious fundamentalist society. I mean, it was coming out of that, but... Sounds it was pretty intense. Yeah, it was pretty horrible. And they wanted to go and see the world. And my mum, as soon as she got to London, was like, I'm not leaving here. Yeah, so it had something. Wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Talking about uh, going back to the series, and we're talking about Game of Thrones, 
um, Osha. Loved her. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about that whole experience of getting the role, um, how that started out. Uh, again, audition. Oh, I miss auditions. Like, going to the rooms and doing them. Oh, such a, such a difference. Is, is everything now just Zoom? Uh, like, everything is Zoom until you get a recall. So they, they're watching this, like, maybe then you'll go in and actually chat to people, but okay. it's like... So you know then it's like, you're coming with a chance. Yeah, you're, then you're in with a chance. But it's just a shame because, I mean, not Zoom, when you're doing these self-tapes, you know, in, in a way now, actors have to be, like, interpreters of the script. They have to be... They have to do makeup, they have to do lighting, they have to camera. I'm terrible at all of those. Like, I need a cast director to tell me... You know, I've, I've, I feel like that's... Then it's quite hard to not have that instant feedback. And it's like, oh, yeah, can you try mm. it again? But like this, and, you know, anyway... What was the question? Oh yeah, audition. <laughs> Jesus, uh, auditions. I got. I, I did the first one, and I come back from a festival. So I had like, and I read the script, and I was like, I think I had loads of like weird paraphernalia of like forest, like leaves and stuff like that. Like kind of like you know, plastic ones, mm. like you know, like flowers and stuff. Kind of work well, well with those show, I think. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I mean, I when I read her, I thought she'd be be maybe a little bit more. Of the forest rather than like of the dirt because <laughs> yeah. she's pretty grimy, yeah. yeah. You know, kind of the forest. So I came, I came with this like, weird brown dress and I had some handcuffs and some weird stuff. And yeah, I, I did it. And I, uh, yeah, so maybe it must have made some sort of impression because I got a recall and then you know, got the job. I love, I think you've said in other interviews where, um, where you've been at a festival, you've had you've been a bit hungover maybe and you've been a bit sort of uh. You know, worn out from that experience. Yeah. That the next day, that's when you get most recognised yes, for being yeah. Osha. No, it's, it's you... actually not from festivals. It's it's usually in the winter when I had this. I've got this vintage, like ancient fur coat. It was usually in London when it's like after okay. af, after festivals sometimes, but mostly like because we were gigging a lot every weekend. Mm. On a Sunday, I'd be having a bloody mary in a pub, and that's inevitably when I get recognised. And so it's like, oh god, Jesus, <laughs> I look that bad. I should go home. I need to sleep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love uh, Osha's sort of story arc where she comes in that sort of that, that rough aggression to begin with being in the forest, but then yes. actually she becomes this protector, doesn't she? Yeah. Yeah, and then obviously with Rick on her kind of her purpose. Well, I think she dies just before, doesn't she? When, when Rick on gets killed. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I really wanted her to kill Ramsey. I really wanted that as well. Oh. I just wanted to get to just um, and also just that is that would make everyone very happy. That particular mm. character dying. Is great. Yeah, I think out of all the sort of baddies out there, he might be. <sighs> yeah, most... he was up there. Yeah. Or I don't know what's his name. Um, Godfrey, the bad king, the one of the the young. Oh yeah. Jack. Yeah. The the uh, yeah. The, he was pretty terrible as well. Yeah, they were both equally. Yeah, yeah. Awful, awful people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, beautiful. Well, well, well. Well, I did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, very well acted. Um, yeah, if it's like inches away from just getting the knife and getting him, that would have been, would have been yeah. amazing. Um. We'll move on to something a bit lighter. Oh, Can we talk about music? Okay. Yeah. So, uh, Molotov uh, Jukebox, mm -hmm. your band. Um, are you you're still doing a bit? You're still touring a little bit there? Uh, well, we're going to be bits? doing a f not, not touring as much, just doing some fun festivals and some mm. things, fun things this summer. Mm. It's just very hard to kind of combine acting and music. Mm. And yeah. I think by 2016, I kind of like, I can't keep doing this because I'm letting down so many festivals and and the band and people by trying to do both. Because obviously, with acting. I might do an audition tomorrow and it's like, right, you are going to Belgium for what, X amount of time or wherever, you know, Mexico. Mm. Um, and you're locked in, really. And, 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 and it's, that's, you know, and I could just do an audition next week and my, my life can change for the next year. Whereas with, that, with music, it's they, they lock stuff in, you know, they're locking down festivals in November. They're locking mm. down tours in the autumn in January. And, and there's more and more these days as well. Yeah, so it's, it's all locked in. So, it's, I, I, you know, this year I was like, look, we'll have a bit of fun. We'll do some fun festivals and make sure it's on the weekend because... 
you know, hopefully I'd be able to get back if it's on a weekend, like on a Saturday or Sundays, just to be able to still be able to have a bit of fun with the music, but not let down everyone. <laughs> Combining both, just thinking about that makes me feel a bit tired. Yeah, it's all... Yeah, that's pretty full on. Um, I said in the interlude I was dancing in the kitchen to your music last night. It feels like oh, the kind of thanks. music... Yeah, I was just I was cooking, uh, did a bit of pad thai and I had the music oh, in the background. Oh, it was, it was great. It kind of feels like the music everyone could get involved in and just appreciate. Oh, I hope so. I, I just... Um, I love making people just sweat and smile. It's really, it's really <laughs> lovely to watch. It's like, yeah, guys, come on. Oh, I loved it. I want to talk about something a little bit different for you. Vardy versus Rooney, of course, the the infamous Wagatha Christie case, which follows leaking of sensitive information to the press. What was that? Because that was, like I said, a little bit of a different role for you, wasn't it? In the, uh, it was a real person. Sort of a real person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that was terrifying. Um, <laughs> that was that was, I think, one of the scariest jobs I've ever done because. I mean, I suppose every job has a cha- every job has challenges. Mm. They all have different challenges. Sometimes it's getting an accent, or a, you know, a, a language right. Sometimes it's physical, as in like the elements. Yeah. Sometimes it's people. You know, they've always like, there's always something. But this one just felt like just everything. It just felt like, and I think for me the challenge was we only had like a week before we started filming to get to learn any, just to do it. Is that it? Yeah. So twenty set. I got. I found out I got the job on the twenty second of August, and on the 29th we started filming in Budapest. It's not usually that quick. No, no, no. I mean, especially because both, interestingly, both me and um, Chanel asked Michael Sheen if... Oh, I love him. Yeah, if... Because he's played a lot of real characters and it's like, what's that yeah, like? Brian Clough and... Yeah, yeah and he was just... like, you know... And he kind of talked us through it and he, but he, you know, he, t- he told us that usually for something like that, you, you, do, you have a month at least because it's, mm. it's a lot to, to take in. You, you want to have time to watch every single thing on them and, like, see every interview and... You know, maybe get some you know trainings you can with a voice coach of that particular accent if they've got an accent, mm. or the way they speak because everyone's got something. Uh, yeah, so that was like a kind of crash course in a week. So that was very, it was it was bonkers. But the people were lovely I work with. So that was, I think we all, because we were all just terrified. I think we all supported each other. We all gave you know gave each other like no, don't worry, you're not fucking up. It's amazing, you know, and kind of helped. Yeah. you know. I can imagine Michael Sheen is that kind of character, just where he kind of makes. I didn't get to. I didn't get a lot of time with him because he was always on that side, so I didn't really get. I think Chanel and those guys when they were sitting down. Obviously, if you think about where you're filming, yeah, yeah, actually for a lot of the time I was very separate from him because he's he's doing him. But Chanel, Chanel and Dion were were always there to kind of go, no, don't worry. Yeah, I love the variety in the characters. You've got Katia O'Shea and Rebecca Vardy. (laughs) It's a real mix in there. I know there's all of it covered. Um, I I don't like to rely on Wikipedia for information okay. because any Tom, Dick or Harry can go on there and change something. But it, it alluded that you might be in another big franchise coming up, film franchise. Are you going to be in Avatar? Is that right? Is that what somebody just No. I mean, I hope I am. Can someone from Avatar <laughs> give me a job? I, I would just, love that. No. Cause it, Not um, yet. I mean, who knows? Like Maybe Avatar. maybe someone is manifesting that shit for me and I'm like, thank hey, you. Yeah, you've come done the on. manifesting before and it's I would worked. love to be blue. Yeah. I would love to be blue or whatever colour you know they come, come in. I'm in. Yeah, you could adapt to that easily. Yeah. I mean, look how you were in The Mandalorian. 100%. Yeah. So close. Blue, purple, same Very thing. Very close. I mean, okay, we, we can manifest that. We can... Okay. We can... Put it in. Yeah. Three and... It said three and four. <laughs> yeah. Three, it says three and four. Great. Yeah. Okay, I can't wait. Three and four. Come on, universe. That's James Cameron, hello. <laughs> That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. You're just like the franchise queen, aren't you? Basically. I don't know. I think there's... I think a lot of actors actually more than you think are in quite a lot of these little things because the thing is I'm little parts so it's like I'm not I'm not defined by one franchise because I'm no, such a true. minor character that I can like in all of them that I can just dip in and out quite no, a few more meaningful Natalia but I think there's okay I want to manifest James Bond yes I want to be in that 
Avatar, are you, yes, are you, please. Are you a good side or are you a villain? What's the... I mean, I'd love to be a villain. Yeah. Because have there been some... There's a few good female villains, aren't there? But not as not a centre stage. They're usually as like a sidekick, haven't mm. they? I'd like to be the actual main bad yeah. person. Maybe you continue like the Russian sort of... No, I think go different. We've you done go, yeah. Russian. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. We've done... You've got to go something else completely different. I have no idea what... Spanish. Yeah. Spanish, yeah, yeah. yeah. Bring it back oh, home. Javier Bardem though, already did that. <laughs> he kind of already touched on that, so... Tough. Really nail my South African accent and try one of those. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> I mean, we've established you're pretty diverse. Yeah, so let's, see. God. <laughs> let's find out. Yeah. Um, what's coming up for you then? Because uh, I see you're going to be at Comic Con in the summer. Is that right? Yeah, I think so. Great, amazing. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Just giving you. You are in Avatar three. I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I've got. I think I've got convention somewhere. I think I. Yes. Let's just say yes. Yes, convention, and. I've got a Spanish film I'm going to be doing um, in June, July. That's a definite. And then hopefully this, this third film with Carlos Marquez Marcet um, in, the, uh, yeah, I <laughs> in the autumn. That. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I hope that's happening as well. And there's a few other bits and bobs in the pipeline, but I don't know if they're 100% confirmed, but hopefully they will be. Love it. Uh, thank you so much for coming on. Oh, I've loved chatting to you. Yes, thank you um, for having me. Yeah, I've been looking forward to it. I mean, we found it last week and I've just been like, yes, can't wait for this. So it's been great. Thank you so much. Pleasure. Congrats on John Wick. You smashed Hopefully it. Hopefully I can come back again if I and you know, get another job. Come back again. <laughs> Absolutely. Anytime. After Avatar Part Avatar 4. 3, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's been great chatting. Thank you. I told you she'd be a hoot. Big thank you to Natalia Tenner. I loved her authenticity. There was something just so natural and just so true to herself throughout the whole interview in the way that she she looked and responded to each answer. And um, her, even the plot twist question up front, I liked how she was... She didn't just automatically go to a career-defining moment that sort of elevated her, like getting the role of Nymphadora Tonks in Harry Potter. It was actually, well, are you talking about my career? Are you talking about love? And... Was saw those differences that was it was just quite a unique perspective which was refreshing. I also really liked there was this side to her. She she embraced the challenge and you can see why so many that have worked with her have often so praiseworthy because she is diverse, but she wants to take on different projects. She wants to test herself. Talking about even James Bond at the end. By the way, she'd make a badass villain, just putting it out there. She wanted to do something different. She didn't want to play the Russian that she's she's played in John Wick War. She wanted to try and do something that hadn't been done before for her. And I thought that's probably why, for many casting directors and, and people in the industry, why they find her so attractive. She's just a joy, isn't she? If you want more Natalia Tanner in your life, go and watch Game of Thrones on now, on Sky, all series available. And of course, John Wick 4 is in cinemas. You need to watch it in the cinema. Get the experience, the full cinematic experience it is amazing and she absolutely nails it as katia and until next time i'm gonna go into my kitchen put on molotov jukebox and have a boogie so <laughs> we'll see you then ciao what?